0: morning is from the lesson just read, specifically Genesis 50, verse 20, where Joseph says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. I hate to admit it, in fact, I'm not totally comfortable telling you about it, but once my mother tried to kill me. She really did. No, it wasn't when I was in high school and I made, let's just say, several less than stellar decisions. In those moments, my mother only threatened to wring my neck. But when I was five years old, my mother actually tried to kill me. Let me explain. Back in the day, My mom, Beverly Louise Lessing, could make biscuits that are simply out of this world. She made biscuits that Colonel Sanders would envy. And as a little tyke, I wondered what the secret ingredient was to these great biscuits. So one day in 1964, she was making up a new batch. When our dog, Peanuts, got loose, here was my chance. As my mom searched for peanuts, I would search for the missing, mysterious ingredient. Biggest container on the table was marked flour. So I put a huge spoon of flour in my mouth and said what? Yuck. Next, baking powder. Awful. The last thing that was actually left was marked shortening. So I put an extra large amount of shortening in my mouth and talk about gag me with a spoon, literally. Then it dawned on me my mother was trying to kill me, right? Wrong. <laughs> She was taking strange and distasteful ingredients, working them all together to create biscuits that are simply out of this world. The secret is in understanding what? How it all works together. Once Joseph's brothers actually did try to kill him. Joseph was 17 years old. He had his whole life in front of him. When his brothers say this in Genesis 37, here comes that dreamer. Come, let's kill him. Throw him into one of these pits. Say a wild animal devoured him, and then we'll see what comes of his dreams. You've known this story since you were knee-high to a grasshopper, right? Joseph is his dad's favorite. He gets the coat of many colors. His brothers despise him. So they sell him to some Midianites who are coming from Gilead, and they are on their way to Egypt. Once in Egypt, Joseph becomes head over Potiphar's household. And besides, Genesis 39, verse 6 says that Joseph was well built and handsome. So Potiphar's wife says, come to bed with me. Joseph responds, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? So this spurned woman goes for Joseph's jugular. And since there are no sexual harassment laws on the books of Egypt, Joseph is hosed. He ends up in prison, becomes friends with several people, including Pharaoh's chief cupbearer. Joseph and the cupbearer make plans to bust out. The cupbearer is freed, he forgets about Joseph. Years pass. Pharaoh has two dreams no one in the land can interpret. The cupbearer remembers Joseph. Joseph is freed. He interprets the dreams, and he becomes the prime minister in Egypt. After all of this drama, Jacob the patriarch dies. And the brothers have this on their minds in Genesis 50, verse 15. What if Joseph holds a grudge against us? Pays us back for all the evil we did to him. Well, will he? Will Joseph hold a grudge? Will he pay them back? Will he stick it to them? You understand, Joseph was 17. When he was thrown into the pit, he was 40 when he (laughs) got out and became prime minister over Egypt. What would you do? Someone has just wasted 23 years of your life. And now they're standing right in front of you. You're going to stick it to them, make them pay? Revenge is sweet. Genesis 50, verse 20, Joseph said, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Joseph understood that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that this God can take all the strange and distasteful ingredients in life, 23 years of them to be exact, Work them all together to create for Joseph a life that is simply out of this world. Joseph, through all of the hell and heartbreak, became someone of great patience and forgiveness and long-suffering and awesome forgiveness. The secret, the secret, is an understanding how it all works together. And because you and I sometimes get bumped and bruised and painfully broken, <laughs> our temptation is to say, I don't get mad, I get what? Even. The movie Forrest Gump has some classic one-liners, right? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But toward the end of the movie, there's another classic one-liner that is worth noting in light of this sermon. Forrest and Jenny are walking along an old abandoned farm lane outside of Greenbow, Alabama. And at the end of that farm lane, is Jenny's home of her youth. And we are led to believe earlier in the movie that this home was the place where her father abused her as a child. So Jenny takes rocks. Remember that? And she picks up rocks on this old abandoned dirt road and slings the rocks At the house rock after rock after rock finally she's thrown so many rocks that she falls down exhausted on the dirt road and what does Forrest Gump say at the end of the scene sometimes there just aren't enough rocks most of the time though for you and me (laughs) when someone hurts us there's always enough rocks right We carry around verbal missiles, (laughs) and we will shame people, and we will blame people, and oh, we can play games with people, can't we? We become cynical and sarcastic and walk around with a chip on our shoulder. You see, becoming obsessed with what he said, with what she did, with what they decided becomes an insidious virus that destroys my soul and my mind and my body. Holding on to a hurt only confirms me in my patterns of self-destruction. So what's left besides the rocks? Are we forever stuck holding on? to the pain of the past. Are we forever stuck in these small little lives that keep score and keep track? No, we're not. (laughs) We're not. Meet another one who just like Joseph was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Mocked by the crowds, betrayed by Judas, denied by Peter. Declared guilty in a kangaroo court. Sentenced to death by a weak-willed Roman governor. Scourged by muscle men just short of death. Luke 23, 34. He began to say. Four words in English, one word in Greek, elegant. Elegant is an inceptive imperfect. What's that mean? It means he began to say and he continued to say and he repeatedly said it. What did Jesus continue to say over and over and over again? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. At last, this insidious cycle of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth has met its match. And confirming it, the Father raised Jesus from the dead on the third day. Instead of holding a grudge against us, in baptism we have learned to call grace amazing. In the Holy Supper, this God isn't distant, aloof. <laughs> real body, real blood. <laughs> Instead of wrathful revenge, shout it out. We are redeemed in the blood of the Lamb. You intended to harm me. God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being The saving of many lives. Paul puts it this way in Sunday's epistle lesson We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. Two things Paul does not say Paul does not say all things are good, (laughs) all things are not good. They hurt us and haunt us and mess with our minds. Second, Paul does not say, wouldn't it be nice if? Or, I've got a reluctant hunch that. No. Paul presses the pen hard. He says, we know, we're convinced that the God of Joseph... The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has the ability and the love to take all of the strange and distasteful ingredients in your life and mine and create for us lives that are simply out of this world. New life in Jesus is different from this world. It's beyond this world. It's the exact opposite of this world. We take our marching orders from Matthew 5.44. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Romans 12.21, Don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Today, this week, in your ministry, you will have realistic expectations for people to function and respond on a certain level sooner or later those expectations will be destroyed they will betray you they will slander you they will hurt you they will abuse you and we will feel friendless and alone and just at that point every bone in our body is gonna say what stick it to them make them pay Get even. Don't do it. It will destroy you. Instead, dare to believe that there is a plan. There is a divine plan where all things are working for our good and the Father's glory. Don't believe it? Then just ask Joseph. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God we have an organist. Let's stand and sing.